In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to the crowd, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplace calling to one another, We played the flute and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. John came eating and drinking, did not come eating and drinking. You said he had a demon. Then I came eating and drinking. You said I was drunk. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. Boy, can I relate to today's gospel. In it, I hear that people can look at facts and twist them into whatever they want them to be. I hear that Jesus is saying that wisdom is all around, but nobody can grasp it. In it, I hear a troubled time politically and a people desperate to make things better, but completely unable to get it together enough to see the possibility of love that surrounds them. Being a person with some life experience, but still not much life experience, I find that I'm scared often and confused often by what I'm seeing in the world today. I don't quite know what it means to be American anymore. There are people that I used to like and hang out with, and then I have figured out that we're not like-minded, and now it's really difficult for us to really see each other. I must confess that I'm weary of the division all around me. I'm weary of being fearful. I'm weary in a culture with so few common roots that we can all agree on. And I wonder if it's always been like this and I just never saw it, or if something happened and therefore we can just change it back. But I honestly don't know where the path is anymore, and then all the hatred in the air is making it very difficult for me to intuit the path. I'm a little bit lost in our current political climate because it affects my life so much. And I'm currently taking a class at Columbia Seminary on human development and behavior. One of the many theories we're studying is called the life course perspective, and this perspective highlights the trajectory of a person's life. And every transition in a person's life is rooted in a trajectory that gives form to that life. So if you have a baby, that's a transition, but it's part of a family trajectory. So I find it interesting that psychologists and historians, social workers, and scientists are all studying trajectory in a person's life in order to diagnose and prescribe. And it's interesting because we in the religious community have been doing that for centuries, except we don't call it trajectory, we call it path. And the books of Proverbs and Psalms talk about path, being on the right path. And Jesus identifies himself in the words of Isaiah, talking about clearing the path. So we know from Scripture that there's sort of a life trajectory that God wants us to intuit. And once found, wants us to stay on it. But where I think we in the religious community might sometimes fail is that we often speak of this path 
as an individual endeavor? How can I help so-and-so on their path? What is your path? What is my path? But the social scientists just might have something on us religious folk because they seem to understand that an individual's trajectory cannot exist outside the community. They look at how the pattern of an individual's choices coincides with their generation, which coincides with social change, which then affects the individual's choices. It's a very cyclical idea. Circular? Cyclical? You know what I'm saying, right? Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Where an individual's decisions both affect and are affected by others. For there to be just one unique path for each of us is a virtual impossibility. We are and always have been a communal people, and our focus on individuality has been a pretty big disconnect for all of us. Cynthia Bourgeau once said that the phrase, I think, therefore I am, doomed the Western world. (laughs) And I think the phrase should actually be, I connect, therefore I am. Because the truth is that nobody exists in a bubble and none of us want to anyways. And by studying the trajectory, or to use our language, path, one can really see how the individual affects the community and vice versa. So this divisive, often hateful climate we find ourselves living in, it's not happening to me. I'm very much a part of it. Famous scientist and priest Teilhard de Chardin says that in deep time, the ground has been rising to meet our feet, and there is no reason to lose either our way or our nerve. In other words, the world is the way it is today because that is the trajectory of the world, and it has been unfolding for a lot longer than just this past November. Today is part of deep time, or God's time, and has a trajectory that is much bigger. The question for us is not how do we fix this, but rather how can I see with my heart and intuit the bigger path? How can I find wisdom and therefore my way in these confusing times? And so Jesus gives us some insight about how to do that. He talks about the confusing times in today's gospel and how hard it was to see wisdom. And his answer is, Come to me, all ye that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And notice he does not say that he's going to give us rest from our jobs or from our busy schedules, but it's rest for our souls. And indeed, when I really settle into what I'm feeling during this time, it is my soul that needs rest. It needs rest from being lost and searching. It needs rest from navigating between the two extremes that are often presented to me. And it needs rest from my inability to connect with others because I can't get past the differences. 
And it reminds me this time that I'm in of being a teenager, to be honest. Having so little insight into what was happening to me in terms of individuation and maturation and this sudden ability to see paradox. And at that time, I hated lots of people. (laughs) I hated my parents sometimes, and I hated my teachers at other times. Most of the time, I hated myself because I was confused, and I couldn't see my life's trajectory. And I was scared that one uninformed decision could throw me off of this unseen path forever. But luckily for me, when I was a teenager, I still had my Grandpa Bernie. And as I reflect on where I'm at right now, more knowledgeable and less scared, but still wondering how in the world I can find the path when there's still so little I recognize in the world, I have this creeping sensation that this is the, exactly the kind of situation that my Grandpa Bernie would not tolerate. Because Grandpa just didn't play that game, and he didn't let me or anyone else who came into his world play it. He was the kind of man who belonged to everyone, and everyone became part of his family. And that was my Grandpa Bernie, the kind of man with the capacity to shrink the world into the space between him and you over the breakfast table at Perkins. So there was just no room for being right or certain, but just enough room for you to feel how much you were loved and how much he actually saw you. My grandfather had the power of presence, and when you were with him, you could relax because you knew that you were in the presence of somebody who was guarding your dignity. He believed you were as as important as the next person. And I still remember being five years old on the phone with him, and he said, tell me about your life, Steffi. I mean, I was five. What did I have to tell him? (laughs) But he knew that I had something to offer, and he cared enough to hear about it. And I still remember the last phone call I had with him. He knew that he was dying. And he said, tell me about your life, Steffi. And when I hear Jesus say in today's gospel, come to me, I am gentle and humble in heart. I see my grandfather, and I know what Jesus means. He means we don't have to have the answers to find the path. He means that sometimes surrender is exactly what is necessary. There is wisdom in surrender. Abraham Lincoln once said, I have been driven many times upon my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go. My own wisdom and that of all about me seemed insufficient for the day. So when Jesus says, come to me, when there isn't anywhere else to go, he means wisdom will be gained in the surrender, and we can at last find rest for our souls in love and gentleness and humility. Yes, There are lots of things that we cannot control and that will affect the path that we walk, the path that is before us. 
but the ground has been rising to meet our feet. And there is no reason for us to lose either our nerve or our way. Amen.